Well, this morning, like the title says, we're going to begin a series on Christmas stories. I realize it's Thanksgiving, just bear with me. This Christmas story uh, starts way before, you know, Jesus is born. It kind of ties into Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas both here. But, you know, as we think about uh, Thanksgiving today, I'm just so thankful for so many things and family that loves and serves the Lord, friends that do also, and a wonderful church family that just blesses our socks off, and just so much to be grateful for that we truly are grateful for you guys, our church body, and we were reflecting the other day just about the various people in our life throughout our ministry career, the various churches we've um, served at and and God has just provided uh, so many people in our life and so many uh, provisions of uh, you know more than just food and um, but just at the certain times just provides what we need and and um, it's been wonderful um, churches provide you know parsonages for us to live in and that's awesome this is the the third church that we've been a part of that has done that and we were we were thinking about the first church that we lived in the first house that we lived in the first church that we served in and you know when i uh we went to college and the college dorm was the, probably the size of like a walk-in closet of this house that we moved into when we thought wow this is a mansion and so um, I had the downstairs was uh, my gaming area and some spare bedrooms that you had all your uh, childhood uh, sports stuff and all your all my collection of everything and and Becky had the upstairs and had her uh, living room for all of her Hallmark movie marathons and I just had to put that in there because of you know this weekend begins like that's the only thing going to be on our TV is Hallmark movies. I've made it about since last January of not a whole lot of them, and now, oh man, she's, she's probably not watching on the air or on the live stream right now because she's watching a Hallmark movie. But just in case, I do appreciate the live stream uh, that's able to be done right now and that she can watch while she's at home sick today. Just pray a blessing over her and the rest of you that are joining us either live or in the future as you look back and just pray that you'll be blessed by our message today. But as we look back, it was actually a small house. We drive back there because it's in my hometown and we'll go by that house often. It was the house that Ben was uh, born and he doesn't remember any of it but, and it's changed a lot and so it's fun to see that and, and just drive by and and I remember uh, doing a lot of different projects around that house and around that church. The church hired me. I've given my testimony of doing, I, I thought I was going to go into landscaping and God called me into ministry. So I kind of have a career in both. And that church actually paid me half to do the landscaping and maintenance and half to do ministry. So it was amazing how God works those things out. But I would do a lot of projects around the church. Thankfully, um, 
Uh, I wasn't in charge of a lot of the projects. I was kind of the, you tell me what to do and I can do it. I don't know how to fix everything, but um, we would have volunteers in the church that I would help with. One of the major, I don't have time to do the whole story, but this church was a big building and had a steeple probably 100 feet tall, not exaggerating, from the ground up and it was rotting and leaking through the ceiling. So we cut off the, the steeple and had a crane come in and take it off. And I'm standing up there, my life on the line, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, just listening to the, the volunteer that knows what he's talking about tell me, okay, cut off here. And I'm, if I fall, I'm pretty much dead. So anyway, we would have fun projects like that. And... <laughs> One time in our house that we were uh, living in, it had a railing on the front porch. And this has to do with our topic today, so uh, enjoy this short story. And this railing was falling apart after a couple years of living there. We decided we should probably, you know, replace it before it breaks. And so we had a gentleman uh, in the church who does that for a living, and so he welded together this really nice iron uh, railing and he did the hard work and he told me you know if you could sand it down and if you could spray you know the, the paint on there and then I'll help you install it and show it. so he um, walks me through how to do all of this and our garage the church garage like I said we're on a parsonage so it's all right right there and so we wrapped we hang plastic all around this one area where I'm going to do all this sanding and, and spray painting to kind of keep it limited and not get all over the church vans and stuff like that. And so I remember that he, he walks me through how to do all of this stuff. And so I hang up the railing and I'm power sanding it down and metal shavings are falling all over me and I'm wiping it clean and I'm, I'm spray painting uh, a few different coats, and, you know, it's going uh, really good. Um, I look like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz, just covered in stuff. And so I want to pause the story there to say that you may be wondering how this amazing story has anything to do with Christmas or um, our topic today. It'll make sense of in just a few moments when I tell you one very key important uh, information in this story. But I want to use this message to introduce our Christmas series on this grateful Thanksgiving Sunday. When this story took place, it was June of 2007, and Becky was nine months pregnant and <laughs> about to give birth to Ben. And if any of you who have kids or grandkids or you have friends with kids and you know that birth stories are unpredictable and they're messy and they're stressful, right? You never know when it's going to happen. You could, even through medicine and stuff, you can try to, uh, surgeries can try to pinpoint a time of when the baby's going to come, but even that's not uh, entirely accurate. Babies come uh, when they're ready to come, right? <laughs> and so um, 
And, and Mary's, Mary and Joseph's story that we're going to kind of look at today, that was not, you would think God would send Jesus and it would just be a perfect and smooth uh, birth, but that was not the case. And, and similar uh, was it to uh, the birth of our first son. And so there I was in the garage, minding my own business, dominating this do-it-yourself project and and everything is going the way uh, that it was supposed to go, and the railing looks really nice, and I'm, I've sprayed the primer on, and I'm in the middle of finishing the paint. And Becky walks into the garage, and in a frantic voice, she tells me, my water just broke. And um, if you're not familiar uh, with babies, that's code for, we need to go to the hospital now. The baby is coming. And I'm standing there looking like Tin Man. And I wish that my first response was, was better. I wish, looking back, that I would have said something uh, nicer, would have been more of a supportive husband like I am, uh, and kind and sensitive. But that's not what happened. I was not, I was not prepared. And it was literally the messiest I've ever been. I don't think I've ever done a project um, that I felt more disgusting and, and dirty and filthy. And so I tell her, my, my first words were, this is the worst possible time. <laughs> and I can't go to the hospital looking like this. <laughs> and literally having metal shavings and painted white, okay, and so I'm trying to um, explain this to her, and she's trying to tell me we have to go now, and um, I don't think that at, at that moment that I was, at, at that time, I didn't think I was being a jerk. Now that I look back, <laughs> I was probably being a jerk, because I made her wait till I could take a shower, and she's sitting on the bed waiting for me to get cleaned up and, and get ready to go. And so I look back, and I'm like, eh, I probably should have done a little better husband stuff then. But, but we survived it. Ben is here. Um, birth stories are uh, very stressful and crazy. Uh, we're going to learn that Mary and Joseph's story was stressful and wild and crazy. Um, like I said, we, we made that story and it, it went well. One of the funnier, interesting parts of that story, it's probably like five o'clock in the evening. So we get to the hospital and Becky's mom was planning to fly the next day because it was close to his due date. And Becky was in labor for 27 hours. So the baby didn't come until the following evening when her mom made it to the hospital. Literally a half hour later, the baby comes. So it's kind of cool, like waiting till grandma got there. But also, I still like to remind Becky that I could have finished the project. You know, like <laughs> I had all day. I had a whole other day. And I was only a couple hours away from finishing that up. And so... But whenever I bring it up, I never, I never win that discussion or <laughs> argument. So, 
But births are so miraculous and they're awe-inspiring and despite all the circumstances and the anxiousness and, and stress, it's so uh, joyful to witness this miracle of life. And the most famous birth of all time happened under some of the most strenuous uh, times and circumstances. And we're going to study the main characters of Jesus' birth in the coming weeks. Today, Mary, next week, Joseph, and then we'll have the Christmas program. And after that, we'll look at shepherds and some of the others that were involved in the story. And so today, I want to focus on Mary, and I promise that it will we'll relate it to the Thanksgiving theme of this weekend as well. So I want to, uh, let me just start in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for fun um, stories that we can relate in our life that show us, man, you were with us the whole time. And as stressful and as crazy as birth stories can be and as Jesus' birth was, and we can stop, pause and we can reflect and that we have so much to be thankful for. And as Mary does, uh, help us to learn from Mary's response today and that we would be as thankful and grateful um, as she was and help us to learn how we can be thankful in these times and in, in these circumstances. So I just pray a blessing over your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go uh, quickly through some of the preliminary stuff, but I want to tell you who was Mary. When we talk about we know Mary's the mother of Jesus, what, what else do we know? Um, not a whole lot. But her story begins in Luke chapter 1, and you can turn there. Uh, we're going to read from there, but I want to give you a little more information. Luke is after Matthew and Mark in the beginning, kind of in the beginning of the New Testament. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Mary is most likely a teenager um, when this story begins, and we know that. Uh, just because she's pledged to be married and she's not, she's still a virgin. So she hasn't um, been married before. Uh, she hasn't been promised to anyone before. And so we just gather that she's young, probably an older teenager. If we had to throw an age out there, I would say 15 to 20 years old. And uh, she knows the word of God. We're going to learn today from her, what we're studying today that she knows the Old Testament. She knows the promises of God, the, the covenant with Abraham. She knows those scriptures. And so um, her family must have grown up, you know, in the faith and teaching her those things of God. And we know that she's humble and she's obedient and she's submissive to the Lord, that she understand not just knows the scriptures but she understands them and so when when gabriel the angel comes and tells her god's plan it doesn't freak her out like i have no idea who you are i don't know what you're talking about she recalls the promises of the messiah and she recognized that this is the moment in the history of the world that god is going to uh, send the messiah I want to add quickly that um, other religions have placed Mary in a place of deity and uh, worship her, pray to her, but 
Um, that's not instructed in the Bible. Um, in fact, Mary was a sinner in need of Jesus to save her just like what we do. And she tells about that in the part of the story we're going to read today. And we see a couple places in the life of Jesus that Jesus' family rejects him. It's mostly his brothers and his sisters, but Mary's part of that and doesn't defend Jesus at that time in those moments. So uh, her faith wasn't, you know, super strong and convinced that he was who he was, although she was at the crucifixion. So she does have faith and she does believe in um, Jesus. After, um, after the crucifixion, she's only mentioned one time, and that's when she was with the group of believers in the book of Acts when um, the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 1, and the 120 were in the upper room. She was one of those, and she was um, participated with them. You'll remember at the cross that Jesus points to John and uh, you know, asks him, take care of my mother. So she's with the disciples, with the apostles throughout that time. <clears throat> but we just, uh, I was going to give some more information, but for sake of time, um, other people uh, talk about her being blessed and they're thankful um, you know, that she was the one that gave birth to Jesus, but to, you know, you know, to pray to her. I just don't see that in the word of God and the worship that, uh, you know, that to worship her, we don't really see that. Mary was a person just like you and I, an ordinary woman that God called to do an extraordinary uh, thing and to work his will through her. And she was, she recognized that it was God and she recognized this is the Messiah coming and I'm going to submit to that. And so we can learn from her example of that. So I'm not saying she was a nobody. <laughs> I'm just saying like to put her up into deity is kind of going too far. So let's go through the, uh, I was going to go through some of the first portions of the story, um, but I'm going to kind of skip to kind of the main part of what we're talking about today. But basically starting in verse 28 of Luke 1, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and greetings you who are highly favored. And you can read about that. And she's perplexed at what is this angel talking about. I don't know if you've seen pictures uh, on you know, social media of like if we knew if an angel appeared to one of us, we would probably be scared too. This is what the angels look like in Revelation. And they're crazy. It's not just a person that's shining bright white but so we don't know what Gabriel looked like but probably a huge figure a huge being uh, angel um, that speaks to her and begins to tell her what God has planned for her for her life and that um, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus and he's going to be great he'll be the son of the most high and so that's the instructions that Gabriel is giving to Mary. She's realizing this is God and what he's referring to is the Messiah. And so after uh, a quick conversation of how is this going to happen, I'm a virgin and Gabriel explains the Holy Spirit's going to um, come upon you and place the baby there. And Mary submits to that and says, may the word to me 
may your word to me be fulfilled. And so she submits to what God's plan is for her. And a few days, uh, it's probably a few days, we don't know exactly, but um, she goes to um, check out what happens uh, with Elizabeth. Gabriel has spoken to her that your relative, we think it's probably a cousin, um, that Elizabeth in her older age has uh, miraculously become pregnant. And that's John the Baptist that was born uh, to prepare the way for Jesus. And so that's a powerful story. You can read about that earlier on in Luke chapter 1. So verse 39, uh, Mary decides when she finds out from Gabriel that uh, Elizabeth is pregnant. I got to go see uh, how Elizabeth is pregnant. We got to talk about this. Uh, that She was probably the one that Mary could speak to about what Gabriel just told her. And just a powerful thing happened when uh, verse 41 says that when Mary comes to Elizabeth's house and maybe she barges open the door, hey, Elizabeth, what's up? Well, however she would greet Elizabeth at the door, verse 41 says the baby in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, leaps and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Boom. And Elizabeth realizes, whoa, something is different about Mary right now. And she, being full of the Holy Spirit, God uh, allows her to recognize that, man, uh, the Messiah is being born to Mary. And verse 42, Elizabeth, in a loud voice, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Elizabeth realizes that the Lord is going to be born through Mary. And Elizabeth is so excited, so joyful. And they're both bouncing around, jumping and enjoying. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Everything that we've read about, everything that we've studied is happening right now through you. Wow, this is crazy. This is awesome. Okay. So just in a span of maybe at the most like a couple of weeks, Mary experiences these two major things. Gabriel showing up, announcing the plan that God has, and, and Elizabeth realizing it just upon Mary showing up in her house. Wow, this is uh, amazing. This is awesome. And Mary's response is what we're going to study today. Mary's response is like a musical, and she breaks out in a song. Uh, it's actually known as Mary's Song or uh, Mary's Magnificat because she magnifies the Lord in it. In, the, in this uh, um, song from verse 46 through verse 55, in this, uh, Mary quotes a lot of Old Testament scripture, proving that she knows it, that she's recalling it, she's recognizing what's going to happen, what has happened in the past, and she begins to uh, prophesy of what God is going to do through uh, the Lord Jesus that's in her womb. She speaks of God's gracious work in her behalf. And she goes on to praise God because he has acted in justice and mercy. Uh, 
And he will continue to do so. So, as we read uh, Mary's Magnificat on this wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, I wanted you to recognize what she is thankful for and how we can be thankful in the same ways. So I'll read the whole thing and then we'll break down quickly um, four ways that we can, uh, we can understand for her four ways that she was thankful So starting at verse 46, I believe it's on the screen there. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So Mary understands that God has chosen her. He has called her for the purpose of bringing the Messiah into this world. She praises, she exalts the Lord God, proclaiming him as her savior. And in doing this, She's telling uh, us who the song is to. Who is she singing to? And she humbles herself, labeling herself God's servant. So the first thing uh, we can learn from her is that we need to exalt God higher and we need to humble ourselves lower. Mary is being exalted from her lowly state in the eyes of the world to greatness in God's sight. God reverses the positions of the proud and the humble in this new order. He introduced this by the coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus taught uh, a few different places that the first will be last and that he who humbles himself will be exalted and he who exalts himself will be humble. So God is, uh, and we'll see it through the other characters uh, that God uses in the birth story, that God uses the, the lowly to humble the proud. Generations will see how Mary received favor with God that was unmerited and will call her blessed because of it. In verse 49, she continues her reflection on her life and all that God has done for her. His power, his holiness, his mercy. That same mercy, Mary declares, is extended to all those who will fear him. So the second, uh, second thing we can learn is to fear the Lord. 
And this is a holy reverence. It's not a, oh, he could smite me any second. I got to live in fear of God that I'm going to die if I do one little thing. Oh, if I steal a cookie from the ladies' cookies exchange, I'm going to be killed. <laughs> no, it's a holy reverence, a fear of the Lord that, yes, he does have the power to do those things, but he's not watching your every moment ready to strike you. It's a, holy, it's a holy reverence, knowing that God is mighty, that he's gracious, that he's full of mercy. He's always going to act that way. He's a just God. He doesn't favor the rich or the mighty or the um, kings, right? And he, uh, he loves everybody. And his, um, God's grace, I got this quote from a commentary on this, this um, a section of scripture God's grace shows his love towards those who do not deserve it but his mercy shows his faithful love towards the unfortunate and the miserable Mary is but one example in every generation the blessings of God's mercy abound to those who show childlike reverence for him and when we fear the Lord when we revere, when we show reverence to him, it's, it's our gratitude uh, shining out of us, our gratitude towards him that shows. Then starting in verse 51, Mary continues to speak about God's mighty works and she uses the past tense, like six uh, different things she says, um, and it looks like to us when we're reading, oh, she's talking about things that have already happened. But a lot of times the prophets um, in the Old Testament kind of spoke the same way. That they were so confident uh, in the things that God was speaking through them that they were so confident that it was going to happen that they would speak about it like it already did happen. And so some of the things that uh, Mary uh, speaks to us and sings out in these moments, you'll think, you know, well, some of them, you know, we can refer and see that God did do some of these, but also after Jesus comes, he's, uh, she's prophesying of the things that Jesus will do and that God will do. And so verse 51, with a swoop of his arm, God will scatter the proud, the arrogant, the puffed up, referring to the Pharisees that Jesus confronted often. And other leaders as well. God, in verse 52, God will bring down kings and he'll bring down rulers, he'll bring down princes, those who do not obey his will. And he's going to place those uh, humble, he'll place those who are humble into those positions. Verse 53, he will fill the hungry with good things. Jesus promised Blessed are those who hunger for what? For righteousness. You're blessed if you hunger for righteousness, for right living, for the right things, for they will be filled. He doesn't leave the hungry uh, hungering, okay? Um, not just a physical provisions of food to fill you, but uh, spiritually. And the rich, those who 
don't think they need him or um, those that aren't hungering because they don't have anything you know that they they supply all their own need and feel like I don't need God I have everything I can provide for all of what I need they're they're proud and those people he's going to send away so the third takeaway from Mary's song is to hunger for the right things hunger for righteous living God will supply your need physically with food or, or provisions of uh, material things that you might need. Or, and he'll uh, supply you with spiritually what you need. Deep love and compassion and mercy. All the things that, uh, that you need for living. God works in behalf of the poor, in behalf of the hungry, in behalf of the humble. Whatever station in, in life that, that we have, regardless of our plight, God promises his children that they will receive what they need. And in the end, we'll receive a great reward when we stay uh, the course with him, when we hunger for righteousness. Then she wraps up this song or magnificent she recalls all the history of Israel and the promise that God had made to Abraham and his descendants, the fathers they would call him, the blessing of a Messiah that will come. She now recognizes that this is that moment. Wouldn't it have been powerful to be just in the area that Mary was at when Gabriel shows up or to be in the house with Elizabeth when she comes and man of all the thousands of years to uh, be living wouldn't have been awesome to live right in that day it would have been so cool and so she's Mary's recognizing this is the time and all those years and all those years that it happened probably some people had forgotten about the prophecies. Some of them have forgotten what God had promised. Maybe they got weary and tired. Like, oh, that was just a fool's, you know, story. But Mary recalls it. And she joyfully pro proclaims that God remembers to be merciful to Israel. He helps Israel. What God is doing in this moment makes it clear that he remembers to take care of Israel according to his covenant with Abraham and the fathers. Mary has full assurance that God will care for those open to his grace in Israel and beyond. So the last thing we can learn from Mary is that despite whatever the circumstances uh, may be, hold on to the promises of God. And we just fit, wrapped up a series on how to keep your faith in, in the storms of life and all the different things that can happen to us. There was probably times in Mary's life that uh, she learned about stuff and maybe there was older men around that were complaining, uh, well, God said that like 5,000 years ago, so that's probably not going to happen in your lifetime. But, <laughs> okay? but she knew despite the circumstances that was, were surrounding and in that time period, she knew the promises of God and she held on to them. 
Don't allow your current problems, don't allow your current difficulties, uh, your circumstances to make you lose hope in the future. That you know God promised this and he's a man of his word and will, uh, a God of his word and will supply and will fulfill those things. Would you stand with me as we conclude today? Mary, in her excitement, full of the Holy Spirit, recognizes that uh, this powerful uh, period of time, this powerful moment, uh, she recognizes that this is a history-changing moment. And her first, very first uh, thing to do is to praise the Lord, to acknowledge Him. This is very, probably nine months before. This is right when the baby's there. This is early in the birth story. She's humbling herself, giving thanks to God. And we can learn from her. She humbled herself and she exalted God. She had a fear, a reverence for the Lord. She knew he was mighty and a, a gracious God and full of mercy and love and compassion. She had a hunger for righteousness, for the right things. She hungered for the right things. And that despite the circumstances, she was holding on to the promises of God. And we can take uh, from these uh, four things that we learned from Mary and we need to apply those to our lives. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, God, that uh, throughout the Christmas story, you use ordinary people to do an extraordinary thing. and You use the humble and and you exalt them, people that we may have never picked to, to bring the Messiah to earth. God, but you know their heart and you knew that Mary would be humble and she would submit to your will. Lord, and help us to learn today from her example, God. If there's an area in our life that uh, we need to submit to you, God, if there's an area that we need to humble ourselves in, would you help us in this moment today to reflect in our life and, and be able to do that? Lord, if we don't have a, a healthy fear of, of you and, and a reverence for you, God, help us to understand your holiness, your grace, and your mercy that's extended to everyone. That you're a mighty God. You're a holy Holy Lord, that we would have a hunger for you. If we've gotten satisfied, if we've gotten comfortable, or maybe we've gotten full, <laughs> help us, Lord. Give us a hunger for you. Jesus, help us to see parts of our life that aren't right and that we want to hunger for more of you to live right for you, God. Help us today, Jesus. Help us to reflect uh, not on the things that are happening and the circumstances in our life, but help us to remember your promise that you're always going to be there for us, that you care about us so much. 
You don't want to watch us try to survive. You want us to cast our cares, our circumstances on you because you care for us and you want to take those burdens from us and help us. So, Lord, we just want to uh, spend the next few moments in closing in prayer and reflection on these things. So, church, as the worship team sings for, for a moment, if you would like prayer in any of these um, things or anything not related to our uh, sir message today if you want to come forward for prayer uh, I'd love to pray with you just spend a couple moments in reflection before we're dismissed